This is Kate Swoboda, creator of YourCourageousLife.com, director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at TeamCLCC.com, and author of the book, The Courage Habit, which is available at booksellers and at Amazon. The Your Courageous Life podcast is all about going after what you want and creating and living a more courageous, emotionally resilient life. Might drop a couple of F-bombs, so maybe don't listen with your kids in the backseat of the car. And here we go with today's episode. Hey friends, today's episode all about making audacious declarations. Audacious. So I had another podcast episode that I had recorded and you can find it in the archives. That was my 2020 recap. And if ever there was a year that needed a recap, 2020 is the one, right? Like, what was going on this year? Let's make some sense of it. And shenanigans are continuing into 2021. And this is not just about one year, and this is not just about the pandemic, and this is not just about the challenges that you face during a particular season. Making audacious declarations, I find to be if 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 someone were to ask me, well, why do you want to do that? What's the thing about making an audacious declaration? I find it to be like playing a game in life. And there would have been a time when the sarcastic side of myself would have been like, huh, you need to play a game. <laughs> okay. The rest of us are like over here adulting and taking life seriously. You just go play a little game. Oh, come on now. You know, now I'm just like, it. I'm not going to be too cool for school with my self-help. Is it kind of dorky and nerdy to play a self-help game? Yeah, totally. So what? Good gravy. We have had enough difficulties just in the last 12 months alone to last us a lifetime. So I'm about, even amid hardship, how can I deal with the reality of the challenges that are before me because they are real. I'm not trying to spiritually bypass. I'm not trying to pretend I'm fearless. I'm not trying to put on a performance of perfectionism like I've got it all dialed in. I don't, spoiler alert. But what I do like to do, and this taps a little bit into the rebellious side of me, so maybe this will appeal to you on that level as well. What I do like to do is consciously counteract negativity. And to me, that is all about a making audacious declarations and speaking to the rebellious side a little bit. I don't know why this is why I seem to be wired, but there's, there's something about, I, I would say I fall into that category of people where if you tell me that I can't do something that I want to do, it's not that my whole doing of the thing is going to become about you and what you told me, but it's definitely going to be extra satisfying when I do the thing that you told me I couldn't do. And I'm like, eh, I did it. So <laughs> that is the, the, the energy that you want to try on for making audacious declarations. Audacious declarations I suppose some people could just say, well, she's just talking about positive affirmations. I guess, I don't know. To me, to make the declaration has to tie into a way of being. So I'm going to break down how I do that. And it's tied to actually an audacious declaration that I made at the beginning of the pandemic. So pandemic starts, really starts, really starts going in March, 2020. I know it was around before then, but 
middle of March 2020 is when I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area, and that is when the first shelter in place that I'm aware of anyway was ordered for people really on the West Coast. So we go into shelter in place, and at the time, I just thought we were going to flatten the curve to help healthcare workers, and I honestly thought it was going to be like two weeks. My mindset was totally about, um, I guess I was thinking a lot of the California fires that had have plagued the the whole state of California, frankly, particularly in Northern California, which is where I was living at the time. When those fires would hit, it would take a couple days for firefighters to start to get some containment. And I would, I observed after they happened so many times that as soon as firefighters got even, you know, 5% containment on the fire, it was going to take approximately seven to 10 days following that for them to get full containment. So every single time a fire was hitting, we were really looking at approximately two weeks of time where life was going to be different. It wasn't really safe or healthy to go outside because of the air quality, a lot of anxiety in the air. And so mentally I started just every time there was a new fire, whether it was immediately in my area or the smoke was coming from somewhere else that was farther away, but the smoke traveled mentally, I was going two weeks. So about (laughs) mid-April, that's when I was kind of like, uh, 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 oh, okay. So this is going to be going on a lot longer. I began to read more articles by people like Dr. Michael Osterholm. And I really began to get a bigger picture of what this pandemic was actually going to be and and realistically how long it was going to take. I understood back in April of 2020 that the if we could find a vaccine was was going to be the first hurdle and then the actual production of said vaccine and getting it out into the world was going to be another hurdle. So I understood back in April of last year that we were looking at easily eight months, if not 12 to 18 months of a pandemic. And that was really scary for me. And I didn't want to go around saying that on social media, in part because I didn't want to scare anyone. And in part, because also I'm not an epidemiologist or an infectious disease specialist. So just because I was reading these things and starting to put two and two together, didn't mean that I felt I was in any way, shape, or form, or that it would be ethical or appropriate for me to start saying, hey, everybody, here's what I found. Shared a little bit here and there, but not really, really. So as the news headlines poured forth, we're all going to be weaker and we're we're all going to get sick. I, re- I remember reading people just saying, oh yeah, you know, 80% of the population is going to catch this. We're all going to get, you know, so it's going to be, we're all going to be weaker. We're all going to be sicker. The economy is going to be in the toilet, we're all going to be depressed because we're sheltering in place and it's isolating and um, just, it was, it was bad news bears, right? It's doomsday scrolling is like, get off your phone because that was just a lot. And I decided in April after having like a good, ugly cry, Alone in my home office, my hubbo took the kiddo out for a walk, and I just was like, I just need to sit down and cry when it really hit me what we were facing. And I cried, and 
did the ugly cry and just felt, you know, I remember, you know, wiping my face and just kind of looking around. And that was when the rebellious part of me came out and was kind of like, oh, hell no. Hell no. No, 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 no. This is really hard. This pandemic is going to be really tough, but it does not get to define who I am or what my life is about. I decide that. And I just got kind of rebellious. Like, I know that's what the world is saying. I know we've got some really tough stuff ahead of us, but that does not have to dictate the quality of my life in every way, shape, or form. I'm not saying that I'm ignoring the challenges. I'm not saying I'm not going to do another ugly cry. P.S. I've done a lot of ugly cries <laughs> in the past year. Um, but I also felt this real sense of just because the news headlines say this doesn't mean I have to let this take over my life. And just so I'm also really, really clear because these things are subject to interpretation, in no way, shape, or form was I trying to say that the coronavirus was not real. It is real. In no way, shape, or form was I trying to say, if you just have a positive attitude, you you boost your immune system and then you don't get the virus. No, 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 no. I have worn a mask. I have socially distanced. I have not had a dinner party. I have not had a play date. I have not had a pod even. So, I, I mean, we we have not been ignoring this virus. That is not what I'm saying. We have taken it very seriously. What I'm saying is that I made a decision that this external circumstance to me, the virus, the pandemic, and the fallout, did not get to be the ultimate determiner of my life. And I'm really glad that I made that decision because that led to me making an audacious declaration. And I call them audacious declarations because there's a little bit of a like, huh? Who the hell do you think? Well, all right then. That's the kind of declaration you're making. And the audacious declaration that I made was, I am going to end this pandemic happier, healthier, richer, and stronger than I was before. I am going to end this pandemic happier, healthier, richer, and stronger than I was before. And that decision to make that audacious declaration and use it as a touchstone for all the stumbling blocks I've had along the way, for all the days where I've looked around at the world and life and felt infuriated or sad or lost or depressed or any of those feelings because they've absolutely come up and I've needed to deal with them one at a time as they've come up. For all that, it has still been a touchstone that I made an audacious declaration to myself and that I put effort into trying to hold myself to that declaration. So here's how you would make an audacious declaration, okay? First of all, and longtime listeners or people familiar with my work, you know I'm going to go here. You got to look at all the stuff you're afraid of. I mean, that is the heart of it. You, you cannot just bypass over to, well, what would I like life to be? Well, that could be nice. I mean, I suppose you can. But I think if we do not look at the things that we're afraid of, later it will bite us in the butt. So we got to look at the things that we were afraid of. The audacious declaration that I made was born from 
headlines that told me I was going to be weaker and sicker and poorer and um, depressed and all the things and something in me just going, no, 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 no. I say no to that. I'm not saying that I never had a moment where I felt less healthy. I actually got sick this fall and the coronavirus test was negative, but of course they say that, um, Sometimes you get false negatives, sometimes you get false positives. So so I don't know. I will plan when demand for testing and healthcare resources is calmer. I actually plan to take an antibodies test because I'm very curious. Especially it's like I, I don't know what other virus is going around and I was sick and I had a fever and you know, like it, it was not fun and then my husband was sick a couple days after me. So anyway, I I, I plan to look at that, but I, I've had moments where I've felt sick. I've had moments where I felt weak. Um, I've had, uh, there, there were financial hiccups that my family sustained, that I've sustained. And there are definitely, there have definitely been places where I've not been happy, where I've been outright in my ick and my, my sadness and sometimes even feeling feelings of depression. But at the, it, it, the the way that I rode those emotions was very similar to meditation. So when you sit down to meditate, if you if you adopt a, a Zen Buddhist style of meditation, the aim is to simply be with what arises, to be present to all of it. You're not actually trying to push away the negative so you can be all enlightened and all that. The aim is simply, if you sit down on your cushion, the zafu, and you feel waves of anger, you're not trying to met, you know, pull in some kind of enlightenment to not feel the anger. You're just, okay, anger. You touch it and you let it go. Anger. And then anger. And another breath. Uh, anger. So you, you try to have this little space where you are just simply being with what arises instead of trying to change what arises. And that is how I navigated a lot of the feelings in the immediate moment. At the same time that I was willing to be with those experiences, I was also very clear. I had this audacious declaration and it was like, okay, I'm going to spend some time being with this because to try to push against it just makes it into an enemy and actually ends up paradoxically giving it more charge. So let me be with the sadness that I feel about the lives lost due to coronavirus rather than push it down because pushing it down only strengthens it. Let me be real about the sadness I feel or the frustration I feel about how the pandemic was completely mismanaged at multiple level levels. And let me just be with that instead of react to it. So you look at all the stuff that you're afraid of. If you need to cry because that's what's real for you, cry. Crying is not weakness. Crying is courageous. Crying is a willingness to say this hurts. I feel lost. I'm going to cry to see what is on the other side of the tears rather than shove the feelings down or pretend they aren't there. Scream into a towel, punch a pillow if you need to, to get the anger out. 
Look at what you're angry about, sad about, afraid about. Look at all the stuff you're afraid of. When I did that, the four things I came up with were the basis for the audacious declaration. I looked at all the things I was angry about, sad about, afraid about, all of that, the things I had the feelings about. And it was, okay, I'm really worried that I'm going to be weaker, that I'm not going to be able to be financially solvent through this pandemic. I'm worried about getting sick and how that could help, uh, how that would affect me and my family. And I'm worried about sinking into some kind of a serious depression. So that became the basis of my audacious declaration. This is the second part of it. So first, look at all the stuff you're afraid of. Second, what's the opposite of that? And that was where I came up with, I am going to end this pandemic happier, healthier, richer, and stronger than ever before, than I was before. Because weaker, opposite of that, is stronger. Poorer, opposite of that, is richer. Sick, opposite of that, is healthy. Sad, opposite of that, is happy. So consider this for yourself. What if this is something, and there's a third part to all of this, but just with these first two parts, where's an area of stuckness in your own life? Because maybe somebody's going to be listening to this two years after the pandemic and the area where they are stuck is, is they're going through a divorce. And maybe they're saying to themselves, um, as a result of this divorce, I'm going to be financially devastated. I'm going to be alone forever. And those are the two big fears, the two big areas causing anger or sadness or worry so really looking at the fact that that is the, the isness of your life. That is it. That's the reality of what you feel. And it's really real. And it's hard. It's challenging. There's no denying that. Spend some time in those feelings. Spend some time crying it out. Spend some time punching a pillow. And go ahead. Imagine your ex's face if you need to. If that helps. Spend some time processing through the feelings And then when you're ready, what's the opposite of that? And maybe it's going to be, if your biggest fears are that you're not, you know, you're not going to have any money after the divorce and that you're going to end up alone, your audacious declaration might be something like, I am going to end this divorce process more in love with myself than ever before and more committed to an abundance mindset than ever before. Or I'm going to end this divorce proper uh, this divorce process with more opportunities than ever before. So you could get super specific. I mean, if you want to, you can go, I'm going to end this divorce with um, you know, 5 million dollars and a partner who can give me multiple orgasms. Go. Love it. But if that feels like too much of a stretch, Or if you feel like you don't quite know exactly what it is that you want. And that was how I felt with the pandemic. It just felt like, I don't know what the world's going to look like on the other side of this. It feels a little weird. So what's the opposite? Super simple. If, If weaker is what people are saying, I'm going with stronger. If poorer is what people are saying, I'm going with richer. If, if, you know, and so forth and so on. So first part, look at all the stuff you're afraid of. 
really look at it and get clear on exactly what it is that you're afraid of, exactly what's bringing up your anger, your anxiety, your sadness, all of that. Second step, what's the opposite of that? And make sure that you really give yourself time to feel those feelings authentically before you go to what's the opposite of that. I promised a third part to this process, and here it is. I asked my question, myself the question, what way of being do you need to adopt? If I wanted to be happier than I had been before, what way of being did I need to adopt? If I wanted to be richer than I was before, what way of being did I need to adopt? If I wanted to be stronger than I was before, what way of being did I need to adopt? If I wanted to be healthier than I was before, what way of being did I need to adopt? Now, a way of being can involve the things that you do. So to be healthier, eat a salad every day. To be richer, be mindful of my spending. But more than anything, I think a way of being has to do with things like intentionality, consciousness, living in alignment with your values. So it was less about this this kind of like, what's my to-do list so that I can be healthier than ever before? Check, 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 check. What are the things I need to do to be healthier than ever before? I'm going to make a list. It was less about that. And there's no problem with making a list and there's no problem with doing anything. Those pieces came into play. It was more though about how can I be conscious of, how can I be intentional about looking for every possible opportunity to be healthier? Pre-pandemic, how I would have defined being healthier would have been my pre-pandemic routines, which were things like green smoothie at lunchtime, CrossFit most days at four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, well, once the pandemic hit, CrossFit is closed. Uh, I was in the process of moving, so it was harder to get that green smoothie action happening. I didn't always have access to a freezer or a blender So what were the things I could do to step into more health given what I was facing? Well, it's, it's pretty basic stuff that a lot of us have faced. It was a lot more walks. It was, uh, air squats, lunges, sit-ups, things that you don't need any weightlifting equipment for any of the typical CrossFit gym equipment for. And that's one of the reasons I really like CrossFit is that you can do it anywhere and you can do it for free. They provide workouts on, at CrossFit.com. I'm not an affiliate, by the way. <laughs> I just really like CrossFit. It's my jam. Um, so, you know, I like things that are simple, that are portable, that can be done anywhere, that don't require a ton of money, and CrossFit fits the bill. So those were things that I looked at. When it came to happier, that was also an area where I needed to get creative sometimes. I mean, how do you get happy in the middle of a global pandemic the very necessary reckoning of social injustice that was really, really taking um, the forefront in June of 2020, over the summer of 2020. It's a painful reckoning that, that I know we want to be part of. 
I mean, geez, you know, people were like, what else is going to happen in 2020? And then a lot of memes about murder hornets, right? Crazy stuff is happening in the year. What is there to be happy about? Well, for me, the way of being that I was trying to be conscious and intentional about had to do with gratitude. I am grateful for the fact that my daughter is so resilient that she can go to a park and have no other kids she can play with, but she, by golly, she'll find an acorn and a stick and she'll tell you a story about how it could be a house for a worm. And I am so grateful that she is that resilient. I'm so grateful for her smile. I'm so grateful for how it feels to lean my head against my husband's chest. There are so many things that I could find to be grateful for that had nothing to do with life going the way I'd prefer, which is no pandemic at all. So it wasn't about putting a shiny, glittery, let's pretend nothing bad is happening hat on things. The way of being is how do I want to go about my life to try to cultivate the things that I am hoping to feel and experience with intentionality, with consciousness, how can I better align with my values? The declaration, you know, stepping into a way of being around being richer, which I actually found that to be the part of the audacious declaration that I had the most, who do you think you are about, which indicates more money work for Kate, more money work, releasing old stories about people who have money, that, that'll, that'll be on my list of things to continue to work on. But that was actually the hardest for me, um, especially because so many other people were suffering more financially than I was. And so it felt like, how can I even use the word richer? But that's the reframe. What does richer mean? I think I'm richer if I decide not to get the latte and I've got five more dollars in my pocket. Richer doesn't have to mean... I'm a one percenter who doesn't pay my fair share in taxes and then, you know, pays my employees next to nothing so that I can just continue to make more millions and billions. And I don't really care about the fact that the people who work for me can't make a livable wage. Richer meant belt tightening with our budget. Richer meant revisiting questions to do money work and spark more abundance. Richer meant um, trying to find the, the delight in the richness of humanity. So, uh, for instance, I consciously sought out stories of people who, and there have been several, who have paid off past due, past due utility bills for others in their community. So even if I wasn't able to afford to do that, when I read the stories about the person who spent like $75,000 paying off past due utilities, I'm like, that is an example of richness. Thank goodness that abundance exists. And then as, because my own family experienced several financial hiccups, my business did, my husband's job did, all kinds of things like that. And where I tried to keep placing my focus and was largely successful with placing my focus was the richness that we live is not about how much money is in our bank account. The richness that we live is about how connected we are to abundance all around us and about our relationship to money. 
So how can I continue to just put my attention there? Because if I put it anywhere else, I'm frustrated, I'm annoyed, I'm ticked off, I feel negative, and that doesn't put me in any better place to change my circumstances, to shift anything. Now here we are, and knock on wood, I'm laughing a little bit because who knows, knock on wood, the pandemic is likely to be over in the near future. And by over, I just mean the, the aspect of the pandemic that is just running completely unchecked, which is, as I'm recording it right now, the current situation. But the hope is that in the next 6, 8, 12 months, there is some level of return to normalcy in terms of being able to go out to dinner and hug your friends and go to a park and not worry about contracting something from someone. That is the hope. We will see. But regardless of what direction the pandemic goes in next, that has nothing to do with you, the person living through all of this and listening to this episode. That's all external to you. What is the audacious declaration that you would like to make for your life? What do you want to decide quarter one of 2021 is going to be about? Or what do you want to decide the experience of going through a loss of some kind is about for you? Make the audacious declaration. And this can happen bigger scale as I'm describing. It can happen in a smaller scale as well. I remember a day, December 10th is the date, well pre-pandemic, when someone I was friends with was profoundly unkind and actually recorded a video that they posted on social media in which they did not name me, but they were talking about me in terms that were just so hurtful. And that day I went to a really dark place where I just gave that video a lot of power Maybe they're right about me. Maybe I'm actually this awful person who's never done a good thing. And I mean, I was in a dark place and I sat on my couch crying and crying for a really long time. And I had typed out the text to my best friend to say, can I call you? I'm really in it. And it took me a long time to actually hit send on that text because I was just really, 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 really in a low place. So I sent the text. My friend called my BFF. We talked. She listened to me ugly cry. And when we got off the phone, I made a decision that December 10th was not going to be the day because I was going to go to CrossFit that night and I really didn't feel like it. But I made a decision that December 10th was not going to be the day that I just had this really heartbreaking day where someone was incredibly unkind and I was gut punched by it. I made the decision that December 10th was going to be the day that I had that experience and I still effing got up and went and did something that made me happy. That that video, that experience, that act on her part did not get to define my day. It was part of the day, but it didn't get to define it. I got my ass to CrossFit and what do you know? It's kind of funny. I set a PR that day. (laughs) So... 
this process of deciding when your chips are down. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Not how. Not, not, not. This is not where this story ends. I, I declare right here this audacious thing. This thing that seems improbable given all that I'm facing. This thing that feels almost ridiculous to declare given how hard this or that situation feels. There's real power in making audacious declarations and then looking for ways, playing the game of looking for ways to make them come to fruition. Now, I have not, since the pandemic, I will tell you, become a multimillionaire or developed some kind of bionic immune system or suddenly I'm so strong that I can withstand, you know, like life ain't perfect. That's not why I'm playing the game. I'm not playing the game for it to be perfect in every single way. I'm playing the game because when the chips are down, what else are you going to do? I'm playing the game because when life is challenging, there is an opportunity for each of us to to decide this is who I'm going to be.